Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Welcome, everyone, to the Spirit of EQ podcast. My name is Eric Pennington. Joining me is Jeff East. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Hi, Eric, and everyone out there. Well, we have two special guests today, everyone. We have Jim and Lynette Vave, partners at Spirit of EQ, are joining us today. We're super excited. Welcome, both of you. We're excited to be here as well. Thank you, Eric and Jeff. You're very welcome. So we had you both on before on one of the episodes, and we talked about spiritual emotional intelligence. And Lynette, I think actually way, way back, we did one just with you about spiritual emotional intelligence. So maybe no surprise, we're going to talk about that today because there's been some exciting stuff happening around that as it relates to some of the tools that Spirit of EQ uses. It, Eric, it's very exciting. Thank you. It's very exciting i'm excited are you excited i am excited okay um jim and lynette um i know that you guys alluded to in the last episode about there was this we call it seq which is short for spiritual emotional intelligence that's still the case that is true okay so at that time there was this profile and i think it was a one pager kind of gives people a high level understanding a high level measurement of where they're at with that right with spiritual emotional intelligence could you guys talk about this new assessment that's going to be coming out that's a much deeper dive? So when we started off about five years ago, we had what they call level A assessment. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's a level A assessment is because it will potentially not do harm to somebody if they read it without it being debriefed. Got it. Very simple assessment, one page, had some definitions and some outcomes and some other things that gave people a starting place with their position at the time that they took it. Right. Spiritual, emotional intelligence. Okay. And then, 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 we started working in a deeper way. And Lynette did a lot of the work on that. So it's time for revisiting just a bit of the technical piece. So if we think about a report, the SEQ profile is that one pager. The actual questionnaire is the same. Mm -hmm. So the assessment itself has not changed, mm -hmm. but now we have this, what we consider a level B report because it requires a debrief to um, mini minimize any potential harm that someone might have from just seeing their report and reading it and trying to interpret it on their own. And the debrief would have to be like with a certified practitioner of some sort. That's right, Eric, okay. yeah. So we, we will have training for folks that want to use the tool, um, and we've all been working with it and uh, 
I believe we'll all have some relearning to do ourselves as we discover, as we go deeper, what could be improved and how we're doing that yeah. and the more we use the tools. So we're in the learning process now that we hope we'll be able to share with other folks. But this SEQ development report, that we call it, mm -hmm. allows people to go much deeper. And we've tried to design this in a way and I'm thinking about Yoda, there is no try. So we designed this in a way <laughs> that allows people to continue going a little deeper, even if they're not in the presence of someone that has a little bit of knowledge about the assessment itself. Gotcha. So um, if I remember right, it turns out it's like 25, 30 pages of it's 28, 28 pages. Okay. So there's, there's a lot of depth there for people to, uh, to get a hold of, right? There is, and there's also places for journaling and specific questions that can help them dig a little deeper as they process their results. I'm glad you said that um, because it's not just an informational dump, right? It's not, hey, this is where you're at, this is where you're at, have a nice day, right? Right, right. And I think what's really unique about this, as we've worked with it over the last five years, and very intentionally over the last year, 18 months or so, we began to realize that this snapshot of where people are at this moment may be exactly where they need to be mm. and helping them to identify if this is where I want to stay or is there some benefit to me considering either developing something further or focusing elsewhere. I like that because it, it speaks to the idea of them having autonomy over their journey, if you will, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, as Jeff prompted me earlier for our audience, if you've listened to the episodes we've had before on spiritual emotional intelligence, you probably have the definition, but could you maybe just give the brief, what do we mean when we say spiritual emotional intelligence? Well, this is off the cuff, Eric, so it may not match the quote unquote textbook definition. No problem at all. <laughs> but it's really paying attention to our head, our heart, those are the parts of emotional intelligence, blending our thinking and feeling. Mm -hmm. But now adding the spiritual piece of that, and by spirit, we mean having to do with the human spirit. So I heard a really nice description of some of the things that we try to accomplish with folks through spiritual direction, mm -hmm. and that is simply helping to make the unconscious conscious. Mm. So when we add that piece to the emotional intelligence, that's what we mean by spiritual emotional intelligence. So it's a richer, more uh, vibrant look than if we just stuck with emotional intelligence, is that? Yeah, but there, there's, a, there's an interesting thing going on here. Mm -hmm. Some people doing some scientific research in different universities around the country mm -hmm. believe that our hemispheres of our brain, and there are some people that may take exception to what I'm saying. Right have the mental and the physical on the left hemisphere. And on the right hemisphere is our spiritual and our emotional. Ah. And they connect together when we allow them to. The physical and the mental is where most of us stay, most of the time. We very seldom, unless we intentionally access the emotional and the spiritual. The spiritual happens, I mean, the emotion happens to us. We, we can't stop it. Right. Tenth of a second. But we don't really pay attention to it. We don't say, 
What's that really telling me? And then you throw on the, why is it telling me in this place at this time? And then it starts getting very deep. Wow. That's like a mic drop. Boosh. <laughs> How about you? Before I get on a couple of other things. One of the things I think that has turned off people who I've talked about this is the, the word spiritual. Because they have a little bit confusion of what our definition is. This is not religious, but it can be. <laughs> That's one of those yes kind of answers. So I would agree with that, Jeff. I think for folks that don't claim to have any particular religion, spiritual-emotional intelligence is still present. Mm-hmm. For folks that claim to have no, and I shouldn't say claim, for folks that do not have any belief in a higher power of any sort, it also has meaning because each of us has a human spirit. And this is not related to what we think and the conceptual beliefs that we have as much as, as it is what's coming from within. So that to me is really the difference in a religious thing that I may agree with beliefs and doctrine that I may hold dear versus what's coming from the inside of me that may include a connection to a divine being, and I may have different names for it than my neighbor, or I may not have a belief in that kind of connection, and yet I have connection with things outside of myself. And I can give a good example of that. When we were, we rolled this out in India, in Mumbai, and it was just as effective with the native Indians as it was with people in the United States. It's just as effective with people that we've talked to in Brazil Mm -hmm. because of the way that it's worded, the way that it's designed. Yeah. And, And that was done on purpose. It was done on purpose. We call it faith neutral because it's not related to any specific faith. Yeah, do you find that for those that maybe are not uh, maybe in that category to what you said, Jim, who maybe don't pay attention to what's happening on the emotion side, um, do you find that you have to be more tender, more gentle, more uh, as it relates to helping them process the information, say, in a debrief? If you're the coach that's doing the debrief, mm-hmm. yes. Um, we call it holding space. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> well, um, people need to be able to step into a safe place. Mm-hmm. Most people, because of COVID and the economy and on and on and on right now in our society, mm-hmm. are suffering from trauma of some sort. Mm-hmm. And to hold space means without judgment. Yeah. Step into this place and feel safe. People have to have a place to be able to process. Would you say, and Jeff, you want to chime in uh, as well, um, that those places are fewer and fewer than Mm -hmm. they once were? I don't know that they're fewer and fewer, Eric. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there's more and more people that have need, Mm -hmm. and I think the qualified people that can fill that need are still the same, maybe a few more, Mm -hmm. but they're, they're being overburdened as well. I was talking to a client who does professional coaching and um, counseling, Mm -hmm. and 
she is totally at the top of the limit of people she can take. And she tells me that all of the people in her uh, cohort, if you will, are at the same place. I'm getting to the place where I have just about all the people I can take. Right, which is an indication accordingly, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's powerful. So why not just stick with a profile? I mean, I know maybe the obvious answer would be because it's not as deep, but I mean, it was obviously had to be a pretty huge undertaking to 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 take it from one page to twenty eight, right? It was indeed, and as you know, it took many minds and hearts <laughs> and spirits working on it, and a lot of um, Zoom music usage, and a lot of Zoom meetings. <laughs> But we found that the profile, while there is depth there, required so much from the person that was using it, the person that was certified to use it. It was not as self-guided. Now, when I say that, I mean the development report still requires the debrief. Mm -hmm. But once that seed has been planted, if you will, then the individual can continue. But it doesn't have to be done on their own. So it can be used by coaches or spiritual directors uh, of many different kinds mm -hmm. to perhaps stimulate growth mm -hmm. that might happen a little faster with the thought-provoking questions that allow the opening for the client. So thereby the depth of the report gives a tool to kind of more so than what a one-page profile would do. Absolutely, and that ongoing um, processing of it that an individual can continue on their own is much deeper. It has things like the entire definitions included in it, which was not possible in a one-page report. Sure. Sure. Um, but it allows them, oh, I forgot what this means. Let me just turn to the last couple pages and check what that was. And I think the question really hasn't been asked yet, what the point to the assessment is. Hmm. We all of us that have been developing it want to make a difference in the world. We want to help people more than anything else understand about their journey. Why are they here for themselves? Why are they here for the people in their lives? Why are they here for the world at large? And it's always been for us a labor of love and of a spiritual calling one that's going to make a difference. It's going to change people's lives. And it frankly does. The people that we've given it to have all said that it's made a truly large impact in their lives. So maybe to pivot to that for just a minute, uh, the response so far, and I know that beta, that term, has not been released to the world exactly yet, but the early responses that you've been getting? What, what's that been like? It's really interesting. We saw this when the profile was released five years ago. But when we talk about, you know, the SEQ model talks about our connection with ourselves, our connection with our close community, and our connection with the world at large. Mm -hmm. So that area of what we call belonging is that connection with your close community was seemed to be the one that was low more often than the other areas we've seen that continued and yet we've had we've had just enough evidence to show us that the the algorithm is working properly mm -hmm. so we have had people that have come in every category for belonging but overwhelmingly 
It might be that the other areas of connection are well-developed, but belonging is much lower. And so, you know, for me, one of the most gratifying things was to follow up with a client and hear, I'm spending more time with my wife. I'm spending more time with my adult kids. I realized that my belonging and my attention I was paying to my close community, the people most important to me, was not what I wanted it to be. That's courageous work. It is. I, I heard someone with an analogy that Mount Everest was sort of this overtime collision between Asia and Eurasia, or if I get that right, that over time there was that collision of those two areas coming together that created this thing called Mount Everest. And when I think about that, that's what relationships often are. I mean, you know, I know Mount Everest wasn't formed in a day, right? But it's that collision that creates this wonderful thing. Um, so for a moment, can we also look at uh, two tracks here, two different types of folks? The practitioners of the world, as I call them, and that would be maybe coaches, spiritual directors, and then the person who's just on the journey for awakening, awareness, you know, whatever it is that they're 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 seeking. So, with the the latter, the person who's just trying to discover, <clears throat> let's say they 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 took the new assessment and they got the wonderful debrief, and they're thinking, I can't just leave it here i gotta keep going in some way or some form what are your thoughts around that and, and that doesn't have to be like specifically do you have this this and this to offer could be that but certainly what would you say could be next steps for them in light of that report all assessments no matter who makes them why they make them or where they're from are just tools hmm. they're just to get the conversation started and why we love our assessment, because of all the hard work and love that was put into it, mm -hmm. it still boils down to the questions that are asked, mm -hmm. the willingness of the participant or the client to go on a journey. Because most of the time, if people go on a spiritual, emotional journey, they're going to come out the other end different. Period. It's not going to stay static it's not going to happen overnight, but it will change you if you want to understand where your emotions are sitting right now mm -hmm. and where your spirit is sitting right now. The assessment does not tell us or the people that take it. On a scale from 1 to 10, they believe in God or their higher power or their whatever right. at an 8. Yeah, It doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. What it does is it shows us how our belief, wherever it's at, manifests in the real world. How does, how does your belief show up in the world and with your family and with yourself? And, and one of the things that we're trying to do is put together some cohorts where people can be in a group setting mm -hmm. after they've had a debrief, yep. working together, discussing together, building a uh, community that makes space, like I said earlier, for each other mm -hmm. in that community of people that are brought together for the specific reason of going on a journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um. So the practitioner, 
someone out there who says, um, boy, I could really use this in my, again, spiritual direction practice, my coaching practice, my community group, whatever it may be, um, plans, even again, high level, I'm not going to put you on the spot to say specifically, but is that an area that you want to address or, or touch? Sure. I, I always have all kinds of ideas oh, yeah. <laughs> for how to use these tools. Right. Um, and I think I want to just return real quickly to some of what Jim was saying. But whenever someone answers the question on assessment, mm-hmm. we've begun the process of creating awareness, mm-hmm. even before they get their results. So after they've been debriefed, hopefully there's more awareness so then the question becomes, now what? What do I do with this awareness? Right. And so because we have both the level A profile and the level B tool, there's really a plethora of ways to apply mm-hmm. all of this. Mm-hmm. So if someone was working in an organization, for example, and they wanted to start this conversation with a group of people, and this can also be done in the cohort model, mm-hmm. We can use that level A tool if someone wants to have a conversation with them, certainly you could, or you could use that in the group setting to help introduce some of the concepts. And then if you'll have the opportunity, you can also then have one-to-one conversations with each individual as part of that group. So there can be a a group learning as well as the individual. Um, And so, you know, this concept of I can use it in my one-to-one coaching, I can use it in my one-to-one spiritual direction, I can use it in the group. And there are many ways to do that. Even if you didn't want to use the profile in a training of some sort, right. you could use the development <clears throat> report and debrief each person and then bring them together mm-hmm. for next steps. How do I go deeper? This is what I'm working on. What support can this group help provide for me? So those are just some thoughts about how to yeah. go forward. So I, I want to I'm going to follow that up, and then Jeff, I'm going to give you that moment too to to ask. Um, it's the four in me coming out because I think about you know maybe there's that senior level leader in an organization, mm-hmm. decision maker, right? Mm-hmm. Who says, "Well, that's great. I'm going to refer you to my rabbi because he could really use this for the you know." Great seeing you. I got to go. I'm like, well, no, no, no. You should do it too. But what do you say to that leader who thinks, well, the spiritual doesn't have a place here in you know, corporate America or in our business model or whatever. Do you, does it? Do you, I mean, what do you think about that? We do have some specific references really targeted for leadership that we can help provide. But the, the bridge building for me between I don't need to be included here. Let me tell you who to talk to mm-hmm. is simply, you know, so do you have a spirit? Are you a human being that's living and breathing? Because I'm pretty sure you might also benefit at least from being exposed to some of this, creating some awareness by considering some of these questions. And then if you don't want to go deeper, great, but you'll have an understanding of what it is you're recommending for someone else. And I think that there is, there is actually a tragedy going on right now. Mm. About 20 years ago, um, there was a resurgence of people being aware of, and I'll use the word soul, 
it can be your essence. It can be that electrical stimulus that makes Eric or Jeff Jeff. Okay. But there was things like um, um, Soul Work was a book that was very big, and The Soul of Business was very big. I even participated in a play that was Soul Loss in the Kingdom of Great Busyness. And we did that play around the country. And what it did was it brought awareness to the fact that we are not just people going to work every day and working at the expense of losing everything just so we can have a car or a house or go on a vacation to Cabo or, 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 or. What's the reason for all of that? Because I think, guys, that it, it would be the same as me telling you, um, when I leave here today, I'm going to remove uh, one or two of my tires, and then I'll drive home. <laughs> um, no, that's not what we're saying. Well, of course well, not. But you get where I'm going, yeah. right? I mean, the yeah. idea that, Jim, you alluded to it, you know, the intellectual, physical, spiritual, emotional, it's a part of who we are. It's not only certain people have that. I mean, that's how we're made. And if somebody says, well, I don't need to pay attention to the spiritual and to the emotional, I'm good. Oh, so you're driving with two tires? That's working out great for you. I, it just, <laughs> it's, it seems like that would be, you'd say, I'm crazy. You cannot drive your car with just two wheels. So now that that's bombed, your turn. You can get a motorcycle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, nice suggestion, being a motorhead that you are. <laughs> so you're pitching this. So Jim and Lynette, tell me in, in two sentences why my life would be better. You can take this one to start with. <laughs> sure. No, I'll, I'll come in. First of all, I can't make your life better. Oh. And the only thing that will make your life better is a recognition from within yourself that something either is missing or might be improved. And that doesn't stay, of course, within yourself. It affects everything around you. I call this living from the inside out rather than applying the latest, greatest thing, whether it's to develop my physical body, my mental, improve my mental well-being, uh, supercharge my EQ, or pay attention to what's happening with me on a spiritual level as well. Those are two long sentences. I didn't say it was going to be a sentence. <laughs> I didn't hear any punctuation. <laughs> Period. Period. Thank you. <laughs> one sentence. Well, I think also to add to that, one of the things that has been said by wisdom teachers throughout the centuries is that People that are doing well in their lives, and well doesn't mean that you don't have trials and tribulations, but people that are doing well in their lives have an inner and an outer balanced. So your inner journey and your outer journey are balanced to the best of your ability. And the things that we try to accomplish with this assessment and other assessments and or sitting talking to somebody is to help you figure out what it's going to take for you to balance your inner and your outer journey. Nobody that's uh, uh, making space for somebody as a coach, a uh, psychologist, a counselor, we don't have a right to tell you what's going to make you happy. 
You have to be able to figure that out with the information that's already inside of you or by tools that are given to you to come to the conclusion that's going to work for you. Now, because I've been working along, Eric, also with this, one of the things that I've noticed working with people is the connection, the awareness to them for themselves, that that is kind of the sticking point for people sometimes. Have you noticed that too? Because that takes self-examination. That's interesting, Jeff. I was really thinking about that earlier today. Um, Depends on where people are. And this is one of those models where people don't have to enter with connection with themselves. So if that feels like there's resistance there, find out where is the opening. Because generally when they come to us, there's some opening or they wouldn't be there. And so maybe they're feeling very connected to the world or maybe they're feeling connected to their higher power, which is in that, it's in the same bucket, you know, when we look at this assessment. Or maybe they're feeling really connected to their loved ones, statistically not as often, but um, maybe that's where it is. Maybe they're not ready to look at themselves yet but they want to be connected to the people they love and the people that they know maybe more peripherally. So that's sometimes it. Going back to Jim's comment, and I was thinking back to the very first time I talked to you guys about this assessment and the the genesis of it when we lost everything traveling in Italy. And this connection with yourself results in this... I'm going to call it this freaky peacefulness, Mm. no matter what's happening on the outside. And there's also this immense joy. And once people get even a small taste of that, we're wired to want more. So I think if, if the awareness piece and that connection with self is a sticking point, is there another point of entry to help them begin to take this in? and see what may be helpful for them. And just as a funny aside, and then I want to say something. You notice that Lynette said, and just going back to something Jim said, we're both professional certified coaches, and there's times when we might have a little bit of a dusting going on. And she'll look at me and she'll go, are you coaching me? (laughs) And the, the answer is, no, honey, I'm not. But... Anthony DeMello, who is a Indian Jesuit priest who was working out of Calcutta or Mumbai or somewhere in India and died, um, talked about in one of his seminal pieces called Awareness that human beings go through their life, and I'm not judging who's doing this or not doing this, because I can't, but human beings go through their lives asleep. We're on automatic pilot. And his big thing is to wake up. Mm. Be awake. Be aware. Pay attention. And, yeah, you might not do get as much done during the day, but your life will end up having texture and color. Because I've heard it said by a lot of people recently that their life feels washed out, black and white, two-dimensional. Hmm. Yeah. That's powerful. 
I think I can allude to um, some of the things that Anita Rowe talked about in that episode about um, what happens when we when we exercise and when we our nutrition is on mark. Um, if you think about the idea of it and the pushing of one's heart rate up or the or the building of muscle, it is a tremendously painful and it's a struggle in the moment. But I think it's fascinating how the result we get after the what our body rewards us with, if I can say it that way, with the chemicals, you know. And I think she alluded to dopamine uh, was a big one. I would say the right kind of dopamine hit because we also know there's a social media dopamine hit of which, uh, anyway. Um, and I guess, um, you know, as we encounter those who have been maybe covered over in some of this gloom and darkness, if you will. Um, you know, one of the things that I love about this whole idea that is spiritual emotional intelligence is that it's a tool that people can begin to wake up and to kind of be like, this is what's happening around me. This is what I feel. This is what I'm sensing. And instead of this autopilot, um, that kind of thing. So I want to, there's something that's, that I'm being urged to say right now, and I hadn't thought about it until just now with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're out. We're talking to people that are listening to our podcast, and they're maybe downloading it or passing it around or whatever. There may be somebody that's listening right now that has a crisis going on. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening right now and there's a crisis going on for you, I cannot urge you strongly enough to get in touch with somebody, to talk to, to listen to you. And frankly, if you can't find somebody, let us know, and we'll listen to you. Because everybody has to have somebody that they can listen to in times of crisis, and some people just plain don't. So don't sit on your crisis. Well said, with love. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So as we come to the conclusion of today's episode, Jim, Lynette, thank you for coming by and sitting with us. Um, We do want to have you back. Um, Two hours has gone by already? That's what happens when you're on the Spirit of EQ podcast. (laughs) Um, We do want to have you back, though, because we want to talk more about the ideas, uh, concepts, tools around spiritual direction. Because I know that has a different pathway. It's a little. It's not the same as what we've been talking about with the report and cohorts. So, if you guys would be so willing, we'd love to have you back for that as well. I think spiritual direction is something that's becoming very um, important to a lot of people, and there's some things that we can do. We might even be able to give you a few tools for the people that are listening that they can do some spiritual work themselves. See, that's why you are the resourceful Jim Vave. And I do want to clarify that Jim and I don't like to coach each other, but we're pretty good at spiritually directing each other, and that seems more acceptable. <laughs> well said, Lynette. Well really? Said. Well, anyway, thank you, everyone, for tuning in again. Uh, we wish you well for the future, and we look forward to the next time we're together. Take care.